Australia. How are you going? That's right, it's NBA Australia. It's Wednesday, October 6th. <laughs> there you go, 6. Nailed it. Oh, geez. Pinching a punch for the sixth day of the month. Yeah. Anyway, I'm your host, James Clements. We nearly blacked out doing this intro. Uh, I'm a writer for Rolling Stone, Triple J, Junkie, whoever else wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff here in Lockdown Larry Armour Studios. Lockdown, bro. Can't go outside. It's too much rain, man. Uh, hanging out, giving you the lowdown, all the ins and outs of the NBA. Preseason. That's right. We're here. Preseason is away. Training camps, preseason games actually happening. And of course, plenty of other stuff going on. But either way, the Simmons saga, that drags on. The Kyrie collective comeuppance, that's also just running rampant, running unabated. You love to see it, don't you? Oh, geez. Uh, either way, we're here giving you all those ins and outs and trying to keep uh, it less nerdy than some of the other nerd shit you'll hear out there. Uh, so we're going to go through all the NBA news and guff and we'll do, finally, 25 to 1 in the NBA Stray rank. That's right, the top 25 players in the NBA Stray uh, ranking uh, thoughts. There you go, which is kind of fun. It's so pointless. I love it. Uh, we'll also finish up with a few yeah nahs, an unpopular opinion of the day and some Outback takeouts. Just a quick one this week. Uh, just because. <laughs> because preseason's here, the Aussies are crushing it, and I'm excited. Let's get into it. NBA Stray episode 678. Let's go. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack! Oh, you better. You better watch out for the rules attack if you're Steph Curry. How good was that? That's right, preseason has started. Let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with the daily whip around. Glad that worked this week. Happy days. That's right. Some of the uh, new rules are slowly coming into effect. I enjoyed this. Steph uh, relocating on a jump shot, then jumping into the defender as the defender was already in the air and uh, getting caught for an offensive foul. He's like, what are you talking about? And even the commentator is like, not this year, Steph. Not this year. Love to see it because... That was an unnatural shooting fucking motion, Steph. What are you doing? Blow it out your ass. But yes, preseason has begun. It all kicked off. Um, it's kind of fun with a bit of uh, Nets Warriors the other day where you're like, oh, oh yeah, this is this is not great. <laughs> what is what is this grossness? And uh, you remember that preseason is for the sickos. But really, it's not so much about the nerd shit. It's more like you get to see a bit... Just a little bit. It's a little bit of a taster for the year to come, where you get to see a lot of the young dudes, the uh, the folks on the periphery of some of these NBA rosters. Like the Nets started Paul Thrillsap, LMA, Bruce Brown, Jevion Carter, and DeAndre Bembry, and none of their good dudes. <laughs> Aldridge, who stinks. Uh, and like AD played a couple of minutes, and that was about it for the uh, old-ass Lakers. But... Uh, Like, was there no Mello, no LeBron, no Rusty, no Trev? But otherwise, like, you saw today, uh, Wednesday, obviously, a bunch of the young teams. Obviously, yesterday we did have Josh Giddy, We had Jock Landau crushing it. Uh, But today it was like, yeah, the Bulls got a taste of that. We had the Bucks grizzlies game. 
Uh, cut off after three quarters thanks to a weird random false uh, fire alarm, which is kind of fun. But it's like seeing teams like the Wizards and the Rockets, just these weird, bizarre teams made up of just, you know, new pieces and new rookie dudes. And like the Wiz had Beal and Dinwiddie and Kuzma and Kispert and Gafford, which is probably what a lot of their starting lineup is going to be. But it's the first time they would have seen it actually going out there. And same with the Rockets. They've got Danny Tice out. They've got Aaron, Eric Gordon, KPJ, and, of course, Jalen Green. So it's kind of fun watching a bit of preseason just for these simple facts. The thing is, don't read too much into it, especially with the results. Bulls fans right now are like, but we won! 131 to 95! Yeah, you beat the Cavs. Larry Markin and getting 40 points basically just handed to him. Um... But either way, the big news for us here at NBA Australia was that the Aussies look good already. We had uh, Jock Landale out there crushing it in his opening game against the Yaz. Jingles didn't play because he's old as fuck. 15 minutes for Jock, 2 of 4 from downtown, which is one of those heartening things. Not so heartening was the 5 turnovers, but at the same time, 8 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists in 15 minutes. You love that. Also love him being uh, compared to Pau Gasol, but to Junte Murray, which is pretty gnarly. Had some pretty nice platitudes. After a game. <laughs> Good stuff, Jock. Rock'em, sock'em, Jock'em, Block'em, Landale. Big year ahead. Giddy up! Speaking of big years, the Rookie of the Year smashed it. Absolute Andrew Gay's Grey Mumba territories in the Mop Top Mumba's debut. 18-7-3 he had going up against our fellow former NBLer, Lamelo Ball, don't forget. And uh, what do you reckon? A couple of NBL, former NBLers going back-to-back for Rookie of the Year? Sounds about right. But the cool part about this game for Giddy was a couple of threes dropping, two or four from downtown. He hit a beautiful corner three that never looked like it was going to miss. 29 minutes, 18-7-3. The mopped-up Mumba out there crushing it. More excited about seeing him, actually. Look, in terms of the game pace and the size of the court, he just looked comfortable. And this is a, like, preseason games are for dudes like Josh Giddy, right? 18 Super young, 19-year-old dudes come in going, right, how do we play NBA? <laughs> and this is how we ramp up to it, which is kind of neat. Uh, Dante even got a little bit of a run in the uh, the end of the Houston game today. Enjoyed that. He had, what was it, three or four points and uh, didn't miss a shot because he was just out there doing what he did for the uh, Boomers, which is run headlong at the basket and pray for the best. Uh, but at the same time, look, he just... As long as he makes the final roster, we're all happy here about Dante Sexum up Exum. Uh, yeah, that's right. He had four points because he had the N1 and hit another free throw as well. And, well, he had two more free throws, I think. Yeah. No, three more free throws. What is he doing? No, two more. There you go. And he went uh, two for. Anyway, uh, no Patty. He sat out. Matty T had five points and five shots for the Sixers. Guess what? Ben Simmons wasn't there. Surprising. Uh, yeah, and the old guys. Patty and Jingles, as mentioned, sitting out. So... This is, just remember, for like the next couple of weeks, preseason is literally just winnowing out the rosters, getting dudes like Giddy and Jock up to speed, getting him out there, running him around, seeing how they go, and you kind of like it. Other news, DeAndre Ayton. The son's like, ah, oh, jeez, I don't know if we should give you all the money in the world. And DeAndre Ayton is like, how about you fuck off? <laughs> give me my money. So they haven't worked out the uh, extension uh, that they are obviously trying to work towards. We've obviously seen Trey Young, Luka Doncic, the Shy Redder, Shea Gilgis Alexander, MPJ, old anti-vax Durant out there getting big, 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 big 
rookie extensions already. And DeAndre Ayton, the number one pick in that rookie class, who is fresh off a finals run. Call me when any of you other motherfuckers win anything or get through to a finals. He's saying uh, they are a little bit away away from each other in terms of monetary value. He's like, yep, I want a max. And the son's like, oh, I don't know if we could afford that. Because remember, we're very cheap. I'm Bobby Sava. Fuck off. It's my money. Anyway, interesting stuff. Uh, other stuff. Uh, oh, interesting stuff, is it? Interesting stuff. <laughs> I guess. A couple of little trades. The Nets sent off Seku Dumboya. And a second round pick to the Rockets. Uh, the Rockets waved Dumboya. Uh, the pick is in unprotected in 2024. And then the Nets got, uh, I believe, Eddie Bernie Sumner. And a 2025 second rounder from uh, Miami, from Indy. And they'll waive him as well. So basically, it's essentially getting the Nets about $8 bucks worth of savings, essentially, in luxury tax. So Joey Sy is like, look, I don't want to pay so much in luxury tax because Kyrie's a fucking idiot and he might cost us a title. And if I'm going to spend a quarter of a billion dollars on this fucking roster... We better fucking win. <laughs> Maybe I'll just trim some fat around the edges so Seku's uh, sent off. Pau Gasol retired. Uh, 19 NBA seasons, six All-Stars, two titles. And off the big El Spignato goes. Uh, the Lakers were like, yep, we'll retire that number. Kind of gnarly. And uh, they should probably retroactively uh, give him, was it the 2010 Finals MVP? Because Kobe didn't deserve it, but anyway... Other news, vaccinations are at 95% of the league have gotten the COVID vaccine to prevent other people getting sick and dying. The other 5% are obviously selfish fuckwits. A couple of them are very high-profile fuckwits. Kyrie and uh, Johnny Isaac. Look, anytime you're on the old Fox News and they're loving you, you know you're fucked up, Johnny Isaac. I'm just saying. Meanwhile, Kyrie... Uh, didn't go to Nets practice because guess what? It's in the state of New York and he's not allowed to. And uh, the Nets very, very smartly basically leaked a whole bunch of shit via ESPN today going, yeah, look, we're not entirely sure about our status or what we're going to do about uh, Kyrie this year and if we're even happy having him as a part-time player. So a nice little sh- subtle shot across the bow from the Nets going, look, we're undecided about what to do. Because he's still being a fucking idiot, doesn't have the vaccine. And look, he's going to lose like 16 million bucks if he wants to play part-time. So good, best of luck to you then, Kyrie, because I'm going to talk about it in a second. But it's not as though he's entirely crucial, you know what I'm saying? So he's going to miss, for every game that he misses uh, at home, he's going to lose $381,181. That's every game. We'll talk about Ben Simmons in a second as well, but like two preseason games, it's going to cost him, what, three quarters of a mil? 41 home regular season games, that's 15.6 million. A couple of games at the Knicks, that's almost that's three quarters of a million again. Going to lose $400,000 in bonuses, and just imagine if they make the playoffs and he still can't fucking play because he's an idiot. Boom, here you go. It's pretty interesting, right? So I'm kind of, look, I'm obviously completely completely fine with you making a decision for yourself but also we're right to criticize you about dumb fucking decisions this is a dumb fucking decision Kyrie you dumb fuck what are you doing seriously 
The vaccine. Oh, geez, I'm not so sure about it. You mean the vaccine that has been given to like the vast majority of fucking people in the world? <laughs> We've hit over was it five and a bit billion dollars? Five and a bit billion doses, and everyone's like, yeah, fucking gnarly, mate. We don't want to kill old people. And Kyrie's like, oh no, fuck them. <laughs> Seriously. What are you doing? 6.5 billion doses. There you go. Jesus. It's killed 5 million people. I feel like the smart thing is to go, yeah, maybe I should protect uh, you know, the more vulnerable in our society by getting a fucking vaccine instead of being a giant fucking baby. Anyway, so best of luck with you there. The NBA and the Players Association. The Players Association, which is obviously run by Kyrie and... Uh, as one of the vice presidents, they're like, yep, no vaccine mandate. Can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. Good on the other teams for getting the 95% and good on the players for getting the vaccine threshold up to 95% of everybody. If you get it to 100%, you're laughing. Come on. Pull your head in. And there's other people like Brad Beal where it's like, look, I've had it and I'm not entirely sure about it. It's like, well, I've been told that if I've had it and if I get the vaccine just after having had it, it might not be as efficient. It's like, yeah, cool. All right, then say that shit. Don't tell people uh, otherwise, you idiots. But here we are, Kyrie out there being a, what was it last week that it was put as? He's a contrarian without a cause. Yes. And the word for that is fuckhead. There you go. Ben Simmons! Box Hill Benny, a.k.a. Benny the Bricky. The Sixers are not paying Big Simo Ben Simmons his $8.25 million payment due last week because he's like, uh, yeah, I'm not coming to work. So their work is like, well, we are not going to pay you? (laughs) And everyone's like, geez, that's a bit rough. It's like, no, it's not. You don't get paid if you don't go to work. What fucking weird, bizarre, la-la land do you live in if you think that's fine? I love this as well. So you see all the reports. It's like, Simmons is still not showing up to Philly and has understood the ramifications of his holdout. And then, boom! Missing the uh, Sixers game yesterday, he received a big fine for missing last night's preseason game. Now sources say that Ben Simmons' representation spoke to the Players Association and had it reiterated that the money could not be recovered. A potential sign that the weight of a holdout is setting in. Just one second, please. Oh, duh! <laughs> Wait, you mean if I don't show up to work and part of my contract says that I can be fined for not showing up to work, they're fining me? Oh, jeez. The weight of my holdout is setting in. Look out! It's the consequences of my own fucking dumb actions. Amazing. Great job, Ben Simmons. Um... I've also seen that he's selling his pad at the Ritz-Carlton residences there in Philly. Lovely area. I stayed right near there, actually, last time I was there. Um, but the thing is, uh, in terms of the Ben Simmons situation, I'm going to get to it in the unpopular opinion of the day. But you can always... Look, I'm more than happy to criticize Ben Simmons for holding out because it's very, very silly. <laughs> and from a basketball point of view... I understand all the arguments, either side, whether or not it's like, oh, well, he should have his own team. You mean they should put a team around him that shoots a lot of lot of threes and they're actually good at it? Oh, yeah. You mean like the team who's like center, who shot 38% was one of their worst three-point shooters? Oh, geez, Jimmy. So the Sixers are pretty good at shooting threes, were they? Yeah. So this is like the vaccine argument. So like, do your own research. It's like, well, if you look how good... 
the Sixers were at shooting threes last year, it led to them winning a lot of games, you know? And Simmons sitting there going, oh, geez, I can't believe I got thrown under the bus and, like, I got caught out by Joel Embiid for, like, you know, being bad in the playoffs. It's like, yeah, because you fucking were, Ben. I don't know what to tell you, mate, but if you don't take a fucking shot in the fourth quarter of four straight games in the Eastern semis and you lose that goddamn series, you might be somewhat complicit in the fact that you lost the series. (laughs) Oh, but I want my own team. So what are you going to do in the fourth quarter of those games then, Ben, with your own team? Are you just going to not shoot in those ones too? Oh, but it's, it's all built around Joel. So Joel Embiid did come out this week and go, yeah, look, to be honest, to keep it all real, they've acceded to all the fucking wishes of Ben Simmons up until this point. They've built the team around him. What the fuck more does he want? You know, when Jimmy Butler was here, we had the ball in Jimmy's hands and they fucking Ben cracked the sads about that, so they shipped, they didn't bring Jimmy back. And yeah, he's right. So here we are, still at the impasse. The Simmons saga drags on. And it broke today that the uh, Sixers have re-engaged with the Indiana Pacers on a deal. Karis LeVert, El Presidente, Malcolm Brogdon. I kind of love the look of that deal. Like Brogdon, LeVert, they just kind of fit perfectly on a Sixers team, right? Bit of ball handling, bit of shooting, bit of defense. Off you go. I'm kind of happy on with that. But either way, we're sort of sat here waiting for the other shoe to drop, whether it be Simmons to just go, wait, I'm getting fined for not rocking up and I'm not getting paid. This fucking sucks. <laughs> and just like shows up to like, you know, Praco and just like sits in the corner and goes, fuck all of you guys, I don't even care. Fuck, I'm just here for the money. I'm just here so I don't get fined. It's the old Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here so I don't get fined. I'll tell you what though, I do like that he got fined and then went crying to the Players Association and they're like, dude, you're not going to work. I don't know what the fuck your problem is. <laughs> you're not going to work. And it's in your contract. You can be fined for not going to work. You signed the contract, Ben. Of course you're not going to get that money back. Idiota. But I do like that uh, he's now realised that what the uh, repayments are on those raris that he's got. He's like, shit. He's like counting out how much he's got in his wallet. He's like, fuck, can that cover it? <laughs> I don't know. But either way, get him to Indy. Right, what else have we got? Uh I don't know, there's not a giant amount else going on. Carmelo came out and said, oh, you know, I'm just pretty happy to get into like the stream of things this this year. It's going to be pretty good. I can't wait. We had the GM survey come out as well, which basically we're like, yeah, I think the Nets will win. And like KD will probably win the MVP. That'll be good. Uh, they shit on a lot of other teams. It's pretty interesting, though, that it was 72%, I think, for the Nets to win the title and 17% for the Lakers. The defending champs, only 10 Pretty crazy, pretty weird. Uh, So essentially, the other GMs and the other executives around the league are pretty much going, yeah, the Nets are fucking good, bro. (laughs) Just like everyone else. So kind of cool, pretty interesting. Uh, But 37% of them voted KD most likely to win MVP, 33% for Luka. Giannis was at 13, Embiid was at 7. Steph and LeBron, uh, well, Steph was at 3. LeBron got no votes, which is fascinating to me because I think Luka... And uh, LeBron are probably the leaders in my brain, just in terms of narrative. So it's pretty cool. And uh, look, we're going to have all of our predictions for MVP titles and all that sort of stuff, as well as all the tiers over the next two shows. So to this week's show, we're going to finish off the 25 to 1, the NBA Australia rank, in terms of the top uh, 75 players in the NBA, as voted on by 
fucking just me. <laughs> and then next week we're going to have the team tiers. We're going to break it up into, you know, who you're most excited to watch. And basically, we might do another rank at some point, like just before the start of the season. Maybe next week we'll do the what the fuck ranks. And then the week after we'll do the actual final ranks heading into the actual season because the season will start, start in two weeks and away we go. So that'll be kind of fun. It'll be a bit weird, but off we go. And we'll have all the MVP, most improved, and then we'll have the NBA Australia awards as well, the predictions for the uh, all the fun ones that we always do. So that's going to be good. Either way, we'll take a quick break right now and come back with the NBA Australia rank 25 through 1. That's right, the top 25 players in the NBA this year, as voted by uh, moi, and you can take your issues with it. And then we'll just go have some yeah, nahs, and I'll the printing of the day, Outback Take Us, and we'll be done. So there you go. Let's get into it right after this one. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Uh, right, let's do some uh, NBA Australia rank right after. We talk about how... We love the dailyliquor.com. That's right. We love the dailyliquor.com here at NBA Australia. Because still got lockdown. Don't want to go to the bottle in a lockdown. Just go to the dailyliquor.com, the online bottle Have a look at what you like. All the beers are great. I've tried literally every single one of them. And if you're banging the code Australia when you check out, if you've spent 20 wing whams, they'll bang in a, a uh, free sixer of the Dos Blocos X. The XPA, you can drink it till the cows come home. Oh, I love it. It's just a great beer. <laughs> so there you go. It's from the Melbourne metro area. You get same-day delivery if you order before noon. Bang in that code Strayer, and off you go. Obviously, be over 18. Drink responsibly. Don't be a dickhead. Right. 25 through one of the NBA Australia rank. We left last week. 26, we had Julius, Randall, and Spindles Ingram. Basically, 26, 27, we had Bam, we had Ben, and we had Jar to finish off the top 30, which leaves us with a pretty interesting 25. Now... Full disclosure, we had Jam and Jamal, if he was healthy and if Kawhi were healthy, we actually had them respectively at uh, 20 for Jamal and 10 for Kawhi. So keep that in mind, but they're not ranked in this one. So 25, Jalen Brown of your Boston Celtics. There's so much to his game. And look, I've put him ahead of Julius. I've put him ahead of Spindles because of just that diversity of skills on offense, on defense. And because... He is the perfect complementary weapon in today's NBA. He can do a little bit of everything at a really, really high fucking level. And I think this is the year where we go, oh, shit, the Tatum-Brown combo, if you just sort of peel away all the other bullshit, is just fucking good. And maybe when we had Gordy, when we had Kyrie and all this fuckery, it was a dumb idea and we should have just maybe banked on these guys and their development a little bit more. Jalen Brown is going to be fucking awesome this year. Mark my words. Number 24 is Chris O. Kate, not a pipper because he just won a fucking title. Mitty Middleton. That's right. He does everything. And look, I think going into last year, he would have been top 50 this year. He proved it all the way through last year. Top 25. He'll give you something, something. This time he did not go missing in the playoffs. He delivered time in, time out, won them some games, was just doing... Look, similar to Jalen Brown, just does a little bit of everything at a really, really high level. But also, 
has got fucking balls the size of Ayers Rock. I'll tell you that much. We saw it in the finals. He's now an NBA champion and a gold medalist, you know, backed up a title and just fucks off over to Tokyo, wins the gold. Just how's that for a couple of weeks? Fuck around, get an NBA title and a gold medal. But Mitty proved to be like one of the single best uh, second banana dudes you could ever imagine because on any given night can step up and be a first banana, can also, if Giroud's feeling, can just slide down, be a third banana, fill in the gaps. And he does it at such a high level that it's pretty crazy. And to be honest, he should probably be ahead of number 23 because I've got Zion at 23. I don't like it. Let's flip him. Let's go Zion at 24, Midi at 23, because Zion is about the opposite of Midi, right? Midi does a little bit of everything at a high level. Zion does a couple of really good things at a high level. And fuck all of anything else. (laughs) Just watch Zion play defense. Just a couple of times this season. So early on in the season, just watch him. Just watch him try to maneuver that big old rig around. You're like, how was he so athletic and so good on defense in college? And he's been this fucking shit in the pros. And people will be like, oh, well, you just need to watch him a bit more carefully. No, watch him carefully. And you're like, yeah, he's out of position. He's a step slow. He doesn't use his athleticism or his bulk in any way, shape, or form that's actually handy. It reminds me of like an uh, early career Zach Randolph where it's like he needs to just harden the fuck up a bit more and throw his weight around. So, look, play some fucking D, mate. Get some rebounds, Zion, and then we'll talk about you being higher than 24. So, Mitty goes to 23. Actually, right behind his uh, teammate, Jeru Holiday, 22. He's a gun across the board as well. Again, we saw it in the finals. The defense, he put fucking CP3 in the boo box. Uh, Chris Paul obviously dealing with a, what was it, a left wrist injury anyway, but Giroux stepped up big time, time and time again in the finals. He was awesome. All he needed, it turns out, over years and years, maybe just the Pelicans are fucking accursed. They're just cursed. They're just fucking cursed. Doesn't matter who's on that team, they're always going to be fucked. CP3 took fucking, what, 12 years to get the uh, stink of the Pelicans off him? Anthony Davis, same thing. He just gets out of there and wins a title almost straight away. But either way, Drew gets away from the Pelicans, goes to the Bucks, wins a title. Just saying. Love it, though. He pretty much proved himself to be one of the upper echelon point guards in the NBA. Or guards, right? In terms of point, maybe not the uh, the world's greatest picker-aparter of uh, defenses with the ball in his hands. But at the same time, you've got Midian and Giannis on your team. All you need to be is like a pretty handy guard who can handle the rock when needed, do a little bit of something, something, and also shut down the other team's best guard too. So that's what Drew does. That's why he's at number 22. Big Carl Anthony Towns is at 21. Look, he would be higher if he just showed very similar design, right? Play some defense, Cat. We all know that you can probably do it. you got the physical tools for it. Just do it, would you? You're like the fucking best shooting big man essentially almost of all time at this point. Just round out your game. And I do love it. People are like, oh, geez, the Timberwolves, I don't know what's going on here. They just never seem to live up to their uh, talent. It's like, yeah, because Carl Anthony Towns doesn't want to play any fucking defense. Anyway, so uh, I do love Cat, and I really hope that he has a big bounce-back season this year. But at the same time, like, <laughs> I mean, a little bit of defense. Is it that much to ask? Flip side, number 20, Rudy. Rudy, 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 Rudy. <laughs> That's right, the Frenchman. The Stafford Tower. <laughs> Defensive player of the year. 
I think we saw his limitations again, though, writ large in the playoffs that we've just uh, gone past. He's obviously very, very valuable, and in the right matchups, he is awesome. But by the same token, in the wrong matchups, he's fucking toast, and uh, that happens time and time again. He's top 20, though, Defensive Player of the Year. I still think Ben Simmons should have won it last year, but good on you, Rudy. You're top 20. He does everything. He is the absolute fulcrum of, fulcrum of, a, of an amazing Utah Jazz team. But doesn't do much else, you know what I'm saying? Number 19, Kyrie. I had him higher. But if he's not going to play home games, you can't have him higher than 19. You can't have him above the rest of the players here. To be honest, he should be underneath Giroux, probably Mitty, probably even Jalen Brown at this point. But Kyrie, shot making, he'd be top three players. Everything else, bit of a question mark. But look, when he was on and when we saw all three of those Nets playing together, the offense was amazing. There's nowhere to hide. But at the same time, on defense, Kyrie's not really fucking setting the world on fire. And you put him next to James Harden, same vibe. So 19 for Kyrie. 18, CP3. He's great. He's also just very old. And we saw him just run out the string at the end of that finals where it's like, look, we just need one big classic CP3 performance. It might break this uh, run of ducks that they're putting up against the Bucks, And he didn't have it because he was hurt because he's Chris Paul. He was amazing, though. And it was very cool to see him just receive all the platitudes he deserves. And it's like, yes, he's one of the great point guards ever. Uh, but there's still 17 players better than him, in my view, right now in the NBA. Because that's just it. You can have a combination of two dudes who are basically top 18 and make the finals. Because Chris Paul's that good. DeAndre Ayton, uh, we had him 33. CP3 could be a little bit higher than some of these dudes, but he's just that fucking old that going into this season, you can't really bank on him. Night in, night out, like the dudes above him. Number 17, Donovan Mitchell. He's great as well. Similar vibes to CP3, though, right? He's also very small. So it's a bit harder for him to just go completely ham and destroy innate the opposition night in, night out. He puts up great scoring numbers. Uh, but at the same time, like on D, he's lucky that he's got Rudy. He's got other just fighters in there, like Royce O'Neal and co. But... Donovan Mitchell can score with the absolute fucking best of the NBA, so he's top 17 for sure. Number 16 is Trey Young because he's great. Similar vibes to Donovan Mitchell. Just probably probably an even better fucking like shot maker, shot taker, right? He'll be further up here, I reckon, uh, next year than 16 because I reckon we'll have a little bit of a slippage maybe from some of the other ones. But Trey Young was amazing in that run to the Eastern Conference Finals for Atlanta. Did everything, led from the front. Even though his hair is uh, a bit sparse, good on him. 16, Jimmy Butt. No, 15, Jimmy Butts. Boom. This is one of those ones where you're like, oh, I don't know where to put Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler could have gone anyway for me from 15 through 20. And really, that sort of guard uh, quadrilogy here, Kyrie, CP3, Donnie Mitchell, Trey Young. Butts is such a good sort of ball handler, offensive initiator, slasher, cutter, creator, defender, that he has such a better all-round game than probably all of those dudes, apart from maybe CP3, that I had to put him above them. And instead of CP3, you know that Jimmy Butler is just, you know, he's a very similar sort of vibe of lunatic, but Jimmy Butler is even more of a lunatic, and now he's in Miami. I mean, we just saw him drag a team to the finals a year before, CP3 at least at Devin Booker. Jimmy Butler, it was him and Bam, 
And uh, <laughs> that's about it, right? So I'm going to have Butts at 15. I reckon he might be uh, one of those other dudes slipping down this list next year. Devin Booker at 14 took a team to the finals. He's a gun. Showed us everything in that finals. In that playoff run, Booker proved time and time again that he belongs in this top echelon of the NBA. I love him. 13, Jason Tatum. Not bad for a 19-year-old. Uh, he's got all the skills. Like to see a little bit more on D, though, Jason. And look, when people go, oh, but no, nah, he's actually a pretty good defender. Yeah, pretty good's good. <laughs> but you know what the next step is? Just going, look, absolute fucking lockdown. That's how you get top 10. That's how you get to Paul George, Kawhi, LeBron territories. 13 is where you get stuck in the mellow territories. Like, oh, he's a good scorer though, bro. But Tatum, look, I think he and Brown will be really good this year. Just saying. 12, I've got Brad Beal. This was a tough one, Bill and Tatum. Oh, geez, did you know that they're friends from St. Louis? No, I've only heard that about 80 million fucking times. Yeah. Uh, Bill is at 12 just because in terms of dudes who can average 30 points a game, I don't know if you can have them much lower than 12. <laughs> like, Zachy Cakes Adam Levine being at 36, and he averaged like 27 points a game is pretty gnarly. But Brad Bill just did everything, and now this year he's actually going to have a point guard with him. And I'm fascinated. Look, in terms of what the fuck teams, we're going to talk about this next week. The Wiz are right up there. 11, Paul George. Uh, what did he average? Like almost 28, 12, and 6 against Phoenix. Um, but at the same time, you saw his limitations. Playoff P, it stopped being the world's biggest piss take because he did deliver time and time again. Kawhi goes down. Uh, they don't make it. Uh, you know, to the promised land. But Paul George, it wasn't really his fault. So he's going to come in at 11. But at the same time, if he was just that hint better, if he was just that Kawhi level better, maybe, maybe they could have gone a little bit further and put up a little bit more of a fight. But here we are. And number 10, look, I've got Dame. Top 10, I've got Dame. He's just a legend. He can do it all. He's Steph Curry with actual flow. But... There's just something holding him back defensively. He's just, again, talk about small dudes, but Dame is a gun. He's an MVP candidate year in, year out. And to argue that he's better than the rest of the dudes in the top 10 is going to be a hard one, but he could conceivably have a better season, if that makes sense, than anybody else in this top nine. But that's the question mark. Whereas at least with the dudes in front of him, I can eat, probably more easily see them having a better year than Dame, if that makes sense. So number nine, I've got James Harden. Again, former MVP. He's awesome. We understand that. But at the same time, I'd also like to see a little bit of defense. I'd like to see him not put an entire cadre of Brooklyn strippers through college <laughs> in his downtime. Uh, but he is the multifocal fucking offensive fulcrum for the Brooklyn Nets team that also has Kevin Durant, which is crazy. But Harden sits at nine, and this is the thing. No matter which way you order this top ten, you're probably not wrong, right? Unless you have someone other than the top two in the top two. Uh, but Harden is at number nine because it's hard to argue that he's going to be better almost individually than some of the dudes ahead of him. So Embiid's at eight. I think he'd easily make a run for MVP this year with or without Ben Simmons, which would be hilarious because he plays defense, he can shoot, he does everything. And we saw last year his conditioning was so good, he was actually getting through fourth quarters without being puffed. And you're like, hooray! 
A professional athlete can actually play out their game. Huzzah! Good on you, Embiid. But I love him, and it hurt my fucking heart to have him at eight because, look, Anthony Davis can sort of do everything Embiid does and almost at a little bit of a higher level. The problem is dealing with injuries, but I think just on that one-to-one sort of basis, I feel like AD with LeBron next to him this year, if they both stay healthy, they could just be world records. I've got LeBron actually at six, so if you trust that body... LeBron being at six was a bit of a tough one. I actually initially had him at three, but I had to move a uh, specific reigning MVP into that spot just because you got to reward the guy. LeBron, this should be the year that you just go, hey, LeBron, just fucking chill out for just a little bit for this game, right? Like, let Rusty do a little bit of stuff. Let AD do a bit of stuff. And I think we'll see more of that, and I think that's why LeBron will be at six. He'll still average like a 27-8-8, eight eight, because that's what LeBron does. <laughs> But I do wonder about the game-to-game impact uh, that he'll have and what levels he can get to, especially in the playoffs. But either way, he's at 6-5. Luca, he's my early MVP favorite. Speaking of dudes, he'll average like, you know, 28-9-9. and I reckon Luca could easily average a triple-double this year. And I think the Mavs will be a surprise pack. And I think Luca coming into this year, having spent a bit of time with the Slovenian national team in the Olympics... He's going to come in fucking fit, firing on all cylinders and ready to wreck shit. So give me Luca at five. Number four, Steph. Steph and LeBron were the ones that I switched around probably in the most. And I still feel like I could switch them back easily. Like LeBron could be at four, Steph at six. This is why it's all interchangeable. This is why this is a fucking pointless thing. But Steph at four, he's another... Look, he was my MVP candidate last year. And had he actually sort of gone out there... And, I don't know, had a half-decent fucking team around him that actually looked okay? I mean, we might have had a bit of a chance there. <laughs> but And it was the same with LeBron, who was one of my other picks for MVP last year, right? So, um, if he hadn't have gotten hurt, who knows what would have happened. But still, Curry just, you know, averaged a lazy, was it like 32 points last year? He was awesome. So... You can't really fault the guy. And that's why I've kept him pretty high up in this one. And why is it number four? Because he can do it all, score, lead from the front of a uh, wildly fun team. It could be MVP, but I love him. Good on you, Steph. You're at four. I reckon there's like one, two more years of Steph being absolute peak Steph as well. And then who knows what will happen, but enjoy him while we can. Joker, the rating MVP at three. Look, this is the thing. He just won MVP. I can't like knock him out of the top three. And I sort of had him and Bede AD sort of floating around together. And I'm like, Luke, Joker just won fucking MVP. <laughs> he was awesome. He's going to have an incredible year this year as well, even without Jam and Jamal. So Joker goes with three. The rebounds, the assists. Talk about playmaking. There's never been a better big man passer. Joker at three. I love it. KD's at two. What he did last year was amazing coming off an Achilles. And uh, that means Giannis is number one because... If you come for the king, you best not miss. And the last game of basketball, professional NBA basketball we saw, Giannis was ringing up a 50-burger to win the NBA Finals. So until something else happens, he's the best player because he scored 50 and won the NBA title. So Kevin Durant is amazing. The all-round game is right there. He does everything. But Giannis had 50 in a closeout game six of the NBA finals. 
He's number one. KD number two. Joker three. Steph four. Luca five. LeBron six. AD seven. Embiid eight. Harden nine. Dame number ten. Now, Kawhi would have been in there at some point, probably around that Harden Dame territory. Because look, I think watching Kawhi last year, it was a uh, oh player management, bro. We've got to look after him. It's like. Is it more that he can't bring it game to game without getting hurt? And I think he's kind of at that point. So I'd be a little bit leery of that. But the Giannis, KD, Joker top three, it is interesting. I just think you can't knock Giannis off the perch. Two-time MVP. Does everything. Just led a team to the fucking title over KD. I mean, yeah, he had a better team, a more well-rounded team. But Giannis was awesome. He answered every question we've ever... He went 17 of 19 from the free throw line in the finals. He was absolutely awesome. And KD, look, you can't knock him. Like, this ought to be basically 1A, 1B. But KD just he has to come in number two. And there you go. There's the NBA Australia rank. Top 75 teams, uh, 75 players all ranked. Unbelievable. All right, let's uh, take another quick break and come back with some Yenars right after this. This is Nick K, and you're listening to NBA Australia. This is Chris Anstey, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some Yeah Nas. Let's say the Yeah Nas are brought to you by DraftKings. That's right, DraftKings Australia. If you're after some daily fantasy, hey, look, so you should be drafting your season-long fantasy teams in the next couple of weeks. But don't forget, you've got NFL season right now. So if you go to DraftKings Australia via dkng.com slash Australia, Go play some daily. Check it out with NFL. That's really fun. And then when the NBA season starts, you'll be ready, rip-snorting and raring to go through a bit of daily fantasy. NBA daily fantasy is crazy day in, day out. It's just nonstop, and it's the most fun. So get right around with DraftKings Australia, dkng.co slash Straya, or click on any of the links and banners on our website or the socials. So go check it out. A couple of quick yeah nahs for you. Brad McEgan, Jimmy, a little bit out there. Trade idea, yeah nah, Kyrie for Simmons. If Philly doesn't have mandatory vaccination and NYC does, could the Nets crack it and move off him and decide Ben's the answer? Wouldn't be the worst supporting cast for Ben either. Also, it would give Patty time to get in his ear every single day about playing for the Boomers in Paris, which would make us the real winners. Yeah, nah, to be honest, look, yeah, I mean, this has been out there for a little while, but it has really sort of kicked up that little bit of a notch, right, with the Kyrie not being able to play at home. Kyrie's already put the kibosh on this by saying, I'll retire if I get traded. I'd be fascinated to see if he really would. (laughs) And if the Nets just go, hey, Kevin, James, do you really want to play this year wasting all this money on Kyrie just not being here? And if they're like, to be honest, this could be one of our best chances to win the fucking title. And if this Kyrie lunatic wants to be a fucking pansy-ass dipshit and not get a fucking vaccine that's perfectly safe, like an asshole, then fuck him. Let's trade him to Philly. And if he retires, he's retiring. Like, it's not our problem. He's Philly's problem at that point. (laughs) And if Philly go, look, if we get Kyrie next to Embiid, we could be laughing. It'd be very, very interesting. I mean, in terms of the actual basketball fit, obviously, for the Nets, we saw... All the way through a bunch of the playoffs, like they don't, and throughout last season, they don't capital N, capital E, capital E, capital D need Kyrie, right? 
They do need someone who can play a bit of fucking defense. And to be honest, I'd love to see uh, Simo on the Nets in the Draymond role with KD there as well, with Harden, and just going, let's just fucking replicate (laughs) what the Warriors did and away we go. Because as good as Kyrie is, he, we talked about this going into last season. Like A bit of the skill set is redundant once Harden got there. It's like you've already got a shit ton of scoring. If you need someone who can fill the lane, score some fucking, you know, shoot donks, bro, like Simo, but also can play some other world defense, why not? Uh, but, yeah, it's almost too obvious. And, uh, yeah, Kyrie doesn't want to play basketball if he gets traded, so probably not going to happen. That's why they end up somewhere in India. Look. It would be fun, and it would be really fun to see Simmons next to KD and just going, look, we don't need a center. Simmons, you're our center. Let's fucking do it. And then Patty's sitting there going, hey, Ben, you know what you should do? <laughs> you know what's really fun? Fucking playing for the boomers. Yeah. Uh, number two, this comes out of a conversation I have with uh, old listener Brett, Brett Polglace. Um, it really sort of comes down to the idea of, are Chicago going to be good? Yeah, nah. So Brett goes... I think they'll be better, but the ceiling obviously isn't like a title tilt. It's more of a lukewarm make playoffs, maybe a play-in spot. Levine, being non-committal, has the potential to derail them if things aren't going well. It's that Durant in his ear at the Olympics vibe, and he's throwing his toys out of the pram. I want to be on a better team. Yeah, nah, yeah. Look, I think their floor is raised for sure. I think Chicago will be good just because the influx of talent that they've brought in and that they've paid for means they'll be just good and like consistently good night in, night out. But they're still probably going to sit outside that elite tier, right? But I don't know. Like, it's pretty fascinating because Brett hits on that idea of Levine going, oh, fucking whatever, man. I'm just going to keep my options open. It's like, really, Zach? You're in the Bulls. If you're good, it's like one of the most fun places in all of the NBA. Like, what are you doing, mate? But the flip side for Chicago is with that amount of talent, with Lonzo, without, you know, Zachy Cakes, Adam Levine, with Vooch, with Patch Williams when he comes back from his injury. Or was it a severe left ankle sprain or whatever? With the Caruso, with DeMar. Like, it could click and they could be a top four team in the East. Who knows? Maybe a three seed if Philly stink and Embiid is like, you know, battling with injuries all season or something. Or maybe Atlanta have a bit of a come down. Maybe the Knicks have a bit of a come down as well, you know? Chicago could be standing there going, shit, it all just worked. Who knows? But either way, we'll cover that in the uh, What the Fuck teams uh, next week. And similar vibes for this one. Does Brad Beal finish the season on the Wiz? Yeah, nah. I think, yeah. Because I think now he's got a point guard and Spencer Dinwiddie who's actually going to be out there and can play. Brad Beal will talk himself into just staying because he's going to get more money that way. And he's proven with the vaccine. He doesn't know his ass from his elbow. So, yeah, he's enough of an idiot just to stay in Washington, (laughs) which would be funny. But also, look, they're just going to accede to all of his wishes. And unless they start off really, 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 really horribly, I think he stays. Uh, unpopular opinion of the day. What do we do? We go the old look at me, look at me. Now look at me, please. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Right. So this is a little bit more Ben Simmons stuff. I kind of, like, think Philly are fine just going, fuck it, hold him out. If the bloke doesn't want to go to work... Why should you have to pay him, right? So I see both sides very easily. It'd be tough for Ben to go back. Oh, he got thrown under the bus by Embiid and Doc. It's like, yeah, 
because everyone was just wildly disappointed in him because he shit the bed on the biggest fucking stage possible, apart from maybe the finals. And then also sort of shit the bed by not playing for the Boomers and giving himself more leverage, right, by going, hey, guess what? This is what happens when you put me on a team that I get to run. I've got Jingles here. I've got Patty. I've got Matty T. I've got shooters all around, and we kick some ass, and we won a medal at Tokyo. That was great. He missed a fucking trick. He could have had that, and then Philly would have been like, sick, this is great. Good on you, Ben. Ben could have gone sick. Now I basically had to pick where I end up. Instead, he fucked the pooch. And now he's getting fined. I'm like, wait, what do you mean I have to pay fines? Oh, because my contract said I should pay fines if I miss games. You know? The thing is, he also he got fucked over a bit here. We all know that. And then when people go, oh, but they tried to trade him. Yeah. You will you know that the NBA is a business. Because if you listen to any player say any fucking words at any point, they'll say, yeah, I know, I know that the game's a business. It's like, yeah, no shit. That's why you get paid 200 million bucks to play fucking basketball. And guess what? That's fine. You know, it's a business. Yes, they try to trade you for a player who's better than you. <laughs> like, you can't fucking shit on Philly for that. And now they're like, oh, well, they didn't even give him a chance to develop. You've been playing basketball your entire fucking life. You've been in the NBA for five years and you still can't shoot. Do you really think that's on Philly? <laughs> like, seriously? They've got to buy, they've paid through the nose for Tobias Harris. They paid through the nose for Al Horford. That didn't work. They've paid Ben as much money as they possibly can. And he's the one who can't shoot. Really? Really? They're at fault? Either way, I understand that he could be pissy and why he should be pissy. But. Don't we all know someone or work with someone who we just can't fucking stand? Or got, we have got a boss who didn't stand up for us one time? Guess what? Suck it up, princess. Grow the fuck up. Grow a pair. Fucking, how's this good for your brand? Oh, I didn't like the way I was treated by my teammates and my coach. So fuck them. It's like, oh, does that make you a good teammate? I don't know that it does. You know? Flip side. Flip side, flip side. He could be amazing if he has his own team. I don't know that the evidence is really there and the fact that people are like, oh, we'll see what he does without Embiid. It's like, yeah, you have to go back to his like rookie year. <laughs> and he was awesome. And he hasn't gotten that much better on offense since. So you can almost argue that he's gotten worse. So it's just a tricky situation. I think Philly are kind of right to hold him out because he's not going to work. And if the simple fact is like, oh, the argument is Embiid was upset, took a bunch of blame for himself, also pointed out Simmons' shortcomings of that series, Doc threw him in the bus, but they've both come out and gone, yeah, we'd love to have him back. Come on. And Simo just won't meet with him. So I don't know, who's the bigger man here? You figure it out. Finally, let's finish off this week's episode with a bit of our back take house. It's Wednesday at our back, and you know what that means? Oh, yeah, West Sydney Razorback ribs cooked by West Sydney Razorback legend Derek Rucker. We've just got Rucker at the back firing up the ribs. He's on the barbie. Only at our back. And today's Flame Grill take is Steve Nash knows that the Nets will be better without Kyrie hijacking possessions and playing zero defense. 
So you know that Steve Nash has been the one anonymously sending Kyrie a bit of anti-vax material on the sly. Only at Outback. To be honest, I wouldn't be that surprised if Steve Nash had just gotten so sick of Kyrie's shit that he's like, hey, intern, come here. Here's this anonymous email I set up. Just send a bunch of this anti-vax stuff to Kyrie and we'll see what happens. <laughs> go walk about for two weeks, would you? How about you go fuck off? <laughs> Get him, Steve. All right, that's it for this week. Uh, love it. This was really fun. Just, uh, you know, yelling to a mic for about a, you know, 50-odd minutes. Um, but as mentioned, next week we'll have a bit of team tiers. We're going to do what the fuck tiers, I think, next week of the teams. And we'll do maybe some NBA Strayer Awards. And then heading into the actual season the following week. That's right. We're right around the corner from the actual daily NBA Australia show kicking back off. Uh, We'll have our actual NBA award picks and the actual finalized win-loss totals, over-unders, best bets, all that sort of stuff in the uh, final preview show. And then we'll be right into it. So it's going to be really fun. So big, big, big year ahead. Uh, Make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey, IG, all over the socials. And of course... We have a new NBA Australia shop. We've got new T-shirts. We've got the rose gold nickname tees. Uh, we've got double T-shirt discounts. So go check it out uh, on the socials. All the links are all there. Uh, you can just go to NBAAustralia.com as well. Go to the shop. Have a look. Plenty of stuff there. Buy a hoodie. Buy a T-shirt or two. Save some money. I'll get them out. A-S-A-N-A-M-P. And uh, BT Dubs, if you've already ordered something, I hope they're getting to you because who knows what the fuck is going on with the post at the moment, eh? Jesus. <laughs> I know that some of them have gotten there already, but look, hit us up if uh, they're being delayed. I don't know what the fuck's going on with the couriers, but either way. Uh, Smash World Wrestling Australia with Adam. Always a great time on World Wrestling Australia. That's over on YouTube. Subscribe. Check it out. If you're into wrestling, Adam has got you sorted with World Wrestling Australia week in, week out on YouTube. He crushes it. Always fun. Same with NFL Australia. Myself and Gaz, the NFL season is right here. We're having lots of fun getting shit-faced every Tuesday night, talking about the week that was, previewing the week ahead, calling each other names, all the good shit. That's really fun. So for all of these, make sure you rate and review it, would you? And for the podcast, obviously, just do it on your podcast app. Go to thedailylicker.com, bang in the code STRAY, get a free six-pack on Moo. Uh, Knowable, download that app from the App Store, bang in the code STRAY, get 20% off as well. And big thanks have to go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out their new band, House Hats. Their album, Running Out of Time, is out now, and it's the best. A big thanks always go to all the other bands involved in NBA Australia. Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinator, Gold Mines. That's the one-year anniversary of the uh, Gold Mines record coming out. I fucking love it. Ram Shakalami, they've got their new EP out. Iowa, Sex Should I, Green, 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 and Dozers. For all the tunes that you hear throughout the show, smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands. So should you! And we are going to close out today's show with a uh, throwback cooking with Bainsey for you just to put a smile on your dial. Love it. All right. We'll catch you uh, next week, you dickheads. Look after yourselves in the meantime. Uh, I mean, if Ben Simmons get traded, gets traded, we'll do an emergency podcast, obviously. But until then, look after yourselves, would you? And, of course, as always, if you need to shoot anybody a message, if you're struggling with fucking lockdowns or anything, hit up your mate, Jimmy. I'm always here. All right. Catch us. Letters in Cooking with Bansy is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with 
Bainsey with your host, Aaron Bangers Bains. Oh, yeah, yes. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Oh, look at you over there. Oh, yes. I see you over there, Cheryl. You're here every week. Oh, love you too. Oh, love you too, hon. Yes, look at you. Oh, this is great. Oh, thank you. Come on. Oh, settle down. Settle down. Oh, yeah, that's right. Thanks for that. That's Ripper. All right, g'day. Welcome to Cooking with Bainesy, and I'm your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. Yep, that's it. Cooking with Bainesy. I love this. And in this here episode, we are going to whip you up one of my absolute favourite Australian classics that you can have whenever. You can have it for brekkie, you can have it for lunch, you can have it for tea. It is that absolute modern Australian classic. It's avocado toast! Oh, yes! That's right, it's an absolute Aussie classic now, mate. And after I got this recipe from a little mate, Deli, I love me some avo toast and, oh, Maybe not as much as my mate Dally, <laughs> you know what I mean? But anyway, it's easy as, mate. I punch through enough of this that it definitely helps me keep up this physique, you know what I mean? Every brekkie, I'm on this train, so I reckon you better jump on board. All right, so it is bloody simple, mate. All you gotta do is go down to your soupy and just grab a loaf of whatever bread you like to toast up. Me, I like a bit of multigrain. I like a little bit more crunch in my toast. Just like the screens I set for the Celtics, a bit of crunch is what I like. Then I grab a ripe old avo, grab a lemon on your way out, and away we go. All right, now, and this is very important. A lot of people try to do fancy shit to avo toast. And look, you can if you really, really want to get all fancy panty. You can put some goat's cheese on there. You can some put some tomatoes in there. You can put a bit of red onion if you feel like it. Sprinkle some of that bullshit ducker, which I think is just fucking crumbs or whatever the fuck shit it is. But anyway, all you actually need to do is keep it simple as, mate. Toast. Avo. Bit of lemon. So it's simple. Fang your bread in the toaster. Then sit back, crack a tin, and let it all get nice and browned up. Doesn't matter what time of the day it is either. When you're cracking a tin and cooking with Bainesy, it's always time for a tin. So, now, slice up your avo, dump it into a bowl, scoop it out. Yep, there you go. Scoop her out into a bowl. Now, mush that bastard up into a paste. Just mush her up. There you go. Just mush her up. Fuck it. There you go. Yep. Now, once that's done, it's all mushed up all nice. Get your knife. Now, your taste is done. She's popped up. Get your toast out. Now, slather that avo all over your toast about, oh, you can go one to two inches thick, I reckon. That's how I usually go, eh? Absolute, just smother it in avo. Beautiful, look at that. Then drizzle a bit of lemon on top, and away we go. Just bloody well, look at that. Put a bit of salt and pepper on top, and all you have to do then, get your bloody munch on. Oh, how good is that? It is an absolute bloody ripper of a treat. The best bit is it's good for any time of day. Brekkie, avo toast. Lunch, avo toast. Tea, 
Avo Toast. It's just bloody delicious, mate. And look, of course, you got to make sure you get your Avos when they're in season or else you never be able to afford a bloody house. All right, how easy was that? Thanks to my little mate Deli for the recipe, and I hope you all enjoy it too. All right, Avo Toast. Legendary. All right, tune in next week for a brand new recipe, and we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Mainzies.